So very fitting that we start talking about sonship, adopted sonship, as we celebrate the feast of the baptism of Jesus. Traditionally, um, this sort of Christmas time, sandwiched between Epiphany and baptism, the church sort of celebrates three events from the life of Christ in one. You can see it in one of the antiphons for the Epiphany, where we celebrate the baptism of Jesus at the Jordan, connected to the Epiphany itself the revelation of three wise men, but also the third one is the wedding at Cana. Why do we celebrate or sort of connect these three events from the life of Christ? Well, besides the fact that they all sort of come at the beginning of his public ministry, they are all revelations of a sort. They all reveal some aspect of who Jesus is. Epiphany sort of manifests the fact that he is the Messiah, uh, the chosen one to the Gentiles in the three Magi. The baptism, of course, reveals his sonship. He is the beloved son with whom the father is well pleased. And the wedding at Cana reveals that he is the bridegroom who has come to marry his bride. But if you spend some time sort of reflecting on these revelations, which we as a church understand and sort of take for granted, that at the exact moment that they were happened, that these revelations were all fairly hidden or discreet. The baptism, while it may have been a public event, all of Israel was not there. People didn't come in order to see Christ baptized. He was baptized with the rest of the crowd. And indeed, the voices, the heavens opened and we heard the voice. But still, it was to a very limited amount of people. The epiphany was really revealed to three people who no one knew. Three magi had come from a faraway land. And then to the wedding, even though there was a crowd there, was really only the servants and Mary who knew what had happened. No one else knew what had happened or that Jesus had worked that miracle. So, so what's the, the, the lesson that we can sort of learn here? The lesson from these three events, which are so intertwined, is that Christ does reveal himself, but often he does so in a very hidden discreet and a veiled manner. He reveals his identity, but it's not with lights and with spectacle, but in a very simple way. Most particularly, we can probably see this in the Eucharist. We believe that Christ is present there, that he reveals himself, but he is doing so in this very hidden way. We have to perceive his true presence under the appearances of simple bread and wine. Well, I think this this is true for Christ's identity revealed to us, these different facets, in a very hidden way. From my own experience, and I think probably I can make a theological argument about this too, the same goes for our identity. For our own identity as sons, as brothers, as priests, whatever it will be, he does reveal it to us but often in a very simple and very, very hidden way. Often in ways that we don't expect, 
or in ways that we don't even see. So often we want those big signs, the heavens to open up and for the Lord to tell us that he's well pleased with us, for some apparition to occur. Well, this does happen not only in scripture, and it happens within the history of the church, it happens very, very rarely. It is not the norm. The norm when the Lord speaks to us, when he speaks to his people, when he speaks to his church, he does so in a very simple way. One that we really have to be present to the present moment. We have to be open, receptive, listening to be able to perceive it or else we're not even going to notice it because we're looking for some big sign and that's not going to happen. And so we think that God doesn't speak to us or quite possibly we are living in fantasy world. We're living in some altered reality and we're not present to the moment in front of us in the way that the Lord wants to speak to us. So how is it that the Lord tends to speak to us, tends to reveal not only himself, but also our own identity, our own sonship? The first is going to be in prayer, but not through hearing the voice, but in some interior movement, that still small voice we heard in Elijah as he heard the Lord speak to him in the wind. But most importantly, the Lord is going to to speak to us or reveal identity through mediation. He's going to use others, created means or persons, to be able to speak to us. The scripture mediates his voice to us. The church mediates his voice to us. Jesus gave us the apostles in order to speak his word. He chose not to do it directly. And so in the same way, the people the Lord has given to us, it could be parents, friends, formators. It could be me, even. The way that we speak or the way that we mediate the look of the Lord, his caring, compassion for us, his voice, his gaze, these are the things that we need to be paying attention to. And the way the Spirit anoints a certain situation, a certain word, a certain look, a certain event, that we should be able to then know over time how the Lord speaks to us, how the Spirit works, and to say, yes, this is you, Jesus, speaking to me. This is the Father speaking his voice in a way the whole world doesn't understand, but I am able to listen to and understand and comprehend. And so this is the the prayer for today's Mass and for this retreat as we're working to seek our identity, our sonship in God, and to be able to come to know him as a father. We can keep our eyes and our heart open and alert to the present moment, to be present to those hidden, discreet, even veiled and mediated ways that the Father reveals himself to us, and then we come to know our identity as sons of God. Amen.